Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. The Hammer Nigel Show. Hammer's over there. I'm Nigel. We'll go to the hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for the Daily Signal. Let's head straight out to California. Something you reported on early on is coming true out there in California involving parents' rights and how they're actually could be possibly taken away. Start at the beginning, Tony, and what has happened in California and why everybody should be paying attention to this. There's this original bill that was written called AB 957 in California that uh, was supposed to force judges to take into account uh, whether a child was receiving uh, gender affirmation or at least consideration from their parents in custody cases. And Senator Scott Weiner, and yes, that is his name, uh, a very staunch LGBTQ advocate, reformed this bill, gave it several amendments, and made gender affirmation of a child's gender transition one of like the three or four basic needs of a child under California family law, uh, which means that if you don't gender affirm your child's uh, transition, your transgender transition for your kid, then they can take away custody rights for uh, you. So you can lose custody rights. There may also be penal code implications, meaning that a parent or organization that doesn't provide affirmation for a transition could be charged with child abuse. Really horrible stuff. And it just passed the California Assembly and Senate, which means it's on its way to Newsom's desk and he's expected to sign it. So, wow! Explain That's... this to me in layman's terms, as somebody who's a concerned parent in Indiana. If this passes in California, if Gavin Newsom signs this, is this going to happen like in other states? Oh yeah, I mean, again, Jennifer McCormick follows a lot of the same social pattern policy that comes out of California. Um, you see the kind of policies that she promotes, and as California Democrats go, so do the rest of the Democrats in the country go. And they will use arguments like, well, you care about kids, don't you? Having a a live transgender child is a lot better than than a dead child that you didn't let be transgender, to use the Trevor Project's language. And so you could see a case where your kid comes home from school, says they're a different gender now. And if you don't support that, you may lose custody rights or be charged with child abuse. That is this policy. Tony, go back to that language analogy that you gave right there. Has there ever been a definitive study that suicide rates go sky high on kids that are transitioning if people don't call them by the proper name? Has there ever been a legitimate study in regards to that? No, and I say there hasn't been a legitimate study because when you actually take into account the last several decades of youth psychological study, Children who are told uh, that they're not just perfect the way they are, that if they have a mental uh, struggle that they're going through, like gender dysphoria, telling them maybe you need professional help and counseling to get over this instead of leaning into it actually has a net positive effect instead of what the Trevor Project suggests, which is that if you tell 
a, a child they're not transgender, then they're immediately going to commit suicide. There's no scientific basis in a peer-reviewed journal for that at all. You mentioned Jennifer McCormick. She is the Democrat running for governor of Indiana and how her policies are similar to those uh, that are in California. But there are laws already passed in Indiana that would prevent what's happening in California from happening in Indiana, right? Well, technically, Indiana Penal Code states that uh, certain situations have to be proven regarding child abuse. However, Indiana Family Code, I mean, we've already rejected opportunities. That would be the Indiana legislature has already rejected opportunities to protect parents who don't believe in LGBTQ stuff. So you already are seeing cases in Indiana where kids are being taken out of homes because their parent don't believe that the kid is transgender. This happened with a family in Anderson not too long ago. And, Tony, I think this is important and it's worthy of bringing up. And I know Rob Kendall talks about this a lot on his show, but just because Indiana is a red state and a politician at the statehouse might have an R next to their name, it doesn't mean that they are going to govern like a conservative. And we've been seeing that more and more in this state. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And this is one of the things that infuriates a lot of voters in Indiana who elect individuals who say they're going to go to the state house and they're going to fight for them. They're going to fight on their behalf. They're going to protect conservative and family values. The second they get into the state house, though, they get bullied into, well, you don't want to you don't want to be a bad guy, do you? You don't want to be mean and hurtful, do you? And then all of a sudden, these, you know, great defenders that were sent to the state house become mewling wimps. And we've seen this with legislators uh, from Fishers all the way up to four. Wayne. Big picture, back to California for just a second. I mean, that's communist type stuff right there. Like the state owns your kids. Uh, is it uh, not? I mean, like. I would I, argue that bewildered. it's probably more. It's probably more in line with uh, fascism that we saw out of Italy and Germany in the 30s, in which the the Hitler youth programs that were created were created in specific to separate a child from their parents. And then if the parents didn't support that, they could be expecting a knock on the door from the Gestapo. And then this was translated into what we saw in the Gulag Archipelago, which came out of the Soviet Union. So anywhere there's a state that wants to impact children, you're going to see this kind of wedging the state between parents and their children. Tony Kennett joining us. Tony is an investigative reporter for the Daily Signal, longtime educator here in Indy. Uh, Tony, I know education is kind of your wheelhouse, and you've got an article up at the Daily Signal about (laughs) some of these teacher union heads and the hypocrisy that goes along with it. Take me through the article. So there are a lot of teachers union anti-school choice advocates who say, look, private schools, they're not accountable. They're not good. Public schools are where all of our kids should be going. That's where all of our money should be going. And we shouldn't allow new private schools to get licenses to operate. We shouldn't allow. And you get this, that and the other regarding how much they hate any kind of educational choice opportunities until it comes to their children. And we have found union official after union official after Democrat in Congress or in uh, from, from the House to the Senate who sends their kids to private school. <laughs> so when it comes to your kids, you shouldn't be allowed to send your kids to a private school. But them, they should totally be allowed, and it's totally fine, and they can afford it, and so they spend – you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year to send their kid to a fancy private school. But sorry, pal, you're out of luck if you come from one of the areas that you might not have a lot of money to spend on a private school. Sorry, pal, you're out of luck. 
And Tony, we talked about this on Monday a little bit. The teachers unions compared to, say, the auto workers union right now, it's almost like a total opposite, right? Because the auto workers, they look up and say, we hate the people that are running us. They're making too much money. They need to pass it down. While the teachers who have that same problem, the administrators making so much damn money, they don't pass down. They keep kissing the ass of the administrators and never criticize them at all, despite the fact that a lot of states, like Indiana, keep giving more and more money to education, why don't the teachers unions criticize their administrators? It's bizarre to me. Because the teacher unions are the ones brokering these backroom deals with the administrators of the schools to get every political aim that the state union wants. And I just released a report on this from Louisiana, in which all of the things that teachers want, more time to work in their classrooms, more freedom over the curriculum that they're teaching, as as opposed to what the school is requiring itself, uh, more freedom to handle disciplinary situations without the administration, you know, telling the teacher they have to suck it up and deal with the fights. Those are things that teachers want, but the union isn't fighting for that. The union is fighting for the political aims uh, that the state overhead wants. And so they're basically it's the situation where you have the union leaders, which are the scabs. It's completely different from the UAW. It's completely different from a working man's union. This is basically this kind of smoke and mirrors bureaucracy that forces teachers to pay for a service that's doing them absolutely nothing. A lot of great teachers out there, and a lot of teachers don't like what the unions stand for. I can imagine there's some teachers out there that are completely bewildered by somebody like AFT President Randy Weingarten. I mean, she was on Squawk Box the other day talking about the United Auto Workers Union strike. For what reason, I have no idea. And then I just saw she tweeted out something about how, look, Republicans are banning books. They just fired a a teacher for reading the diary of Anne Frank to the fifth graders. And but yeah, that's she, she's a liar because that's not what that story is about. No, and that, that's not at all. And and the best part is she said, you know, this story speaks for itself. That's that's what's going on here. Only that's not at all what's happened in that specific instance. There was a teacher who made the graphic diary of a portrayal of Anne Frank's life as part of the curriculum. It was not her diary, and it has very graphic scenes on molestation. It has very graphic sexual scenes. It has very, very disturbing scenes that don't have to do with the diary of Anne Frank, which, by the way, several Indiana schools uh, teach the diary of Anne Frank. And, oh, yeah, most of those are private schools and religious schools, the very ones that are supposed to be banning all of these books. So, no, it's not banning the diary of Anne Frank. That is completely and utterly false. Maybe parents don't want middle school students to be reading graphic depictions of molestation. Yeah, it was the students that were reading those graphic depictions in this animated uh, the book, right? And that's yeah, why, and that's again, why they fired I, I know there are a lot of librarians out there who say that graphic novels are just as important as books. No, they're not. I'm sorry. But some author drawing a graphic sexual comic is not as good as a classic novel where students are, are learning about syntax and advanced structuring of, of phonics and how the English language was developed over time. And the, not to mention the brilliant writing of the classics. That's not as important as genderqueer or graphic diary about people being molested. Two different things, guys. Come on. I love the Secretary of State of Illinois was appalled by Senator Kennedy of Louisiana reading an excerpt from Gender Queer directly to him, to his face. And you could tell he was bothered by it a little bit. And for some reason, 
the political left and like 90% of the national media made Senator Kennedy out to be the bad guy. <laughs> I love that. So it's inappropriate to read in Congress. It's inappropriate to read in school board meetings, yet it's appropriate for your seventh grader to, you know, peruse in the middle school library. Hold, hold on a second here. It, it's not appropriate for the adult to read in front of a company of other adults, but it's inappropriate or it's totally fine for the, the child, the impressionable child to read. I, I'm I'm a little confused as to the priorities here. We agree that it's inappropriate, but appropriate for children. Uh, what? what? What kind of clown flip opposite <laughs> world are we living in? All right, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Back with Tony Kinney. Got about two minutes left. You had an article up at Daily Signal, or one of your coworkers wrote the article about what's going on in Pennsylvania and voter registration, and how again this is something that's happening in Pennsylvania. Why should we all be? What is happening, and why should we all be paying attention to it? Absolutely. So, Governor Shapiro, or as as some Democrats call him, the potential dark horse candidate to face off with Newsom if if Biden, um, let's say, becomes wow. unable to run for the president. Uh, presidency again um he has he's getting behind this this proposed policy of automatic voter registration now you might think well automatic voter registration there's a lot of other things that are automatic what's the problem you guys also might remember that people who are dead and alive get voter registration cards in the mail saying, hey, it's time to register to vote. It's not a very quickly updated system. People get letters sent to the complete opposite address regarding voter registration very often. I'm still getting voter registration cards for Wisconsin, and I haven't lived there in close to a decade. And yet I'm still getting asked if I'm ready to vote in Wisconsin. And that's like official mail. So I don't think that an automatic system is perhaps the best way to go. You know, everyone's automatically registered to vote. Uh, What safeguards are there for this? You know, how are we going to prevent individuals from claiming to be someone else? If you show an electronic ticket that says, hey, I'm registered to vote, then, I mean, we already see QR spoofing in, in like, parking garages and, and like, pay-to-park systems. Who is to say that a QR system can't be manipulated here? Horrible idea. When's the new show start, Tony? So we were pushing it back to the end of uh, September, and and there's a few reasons for that. We're getting some of the bugs worked out because I'm doing the show remotely. I'm also very picky uh, because I want certain graphics to be on the screen. I want, like, an opportunity for more sponsors. Oh, just get on on the the damn radio already. We need the Tony Kennett show, No one's going to watch a stream. Just get on the damn radio already, Tony. When when does it start? It's going to be seven. We are your lead-ins. It's going to be seven to eight weeknights on uh, 93 WIBC coming very soon, right? It is going to be 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., and we are probably going to launch it right around a night with WIBC, which uh, we'll all be at. So if you got a ticket to that, that's where you're going to hear about uh, the big, exciting event, the Tony Kennett cast, coming soon on WIBC. Find his work at The Daily Signal on Twitter at The Tonus. Tony Kennett, thank you. Thanks for giving me hell, guys. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show.